This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Welcome to the Steve Day Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. If you would like to join us, whatever will we talk about today? 888-933-93 is the number. That's 888-933-93. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. See, Aaron, I remembered that time. Thank you very much. youtube.com slash Steve Dace. You can join us there as well. Well, we have cleared the decks here today. We are live from uh, St. Petersburg Square, Outside, we can see our Kremlin window. We can see the Bolsheviks and Mensheviks going at it. And what a mess it is. So let's begin at the beginning, shall we? Let's set the stage with Aaron's rundown of what the hell happened here while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by healthcare.gov. No, that's not right. What happened while we were away brought to you by the city of San Francisco. No. Brought to you by Christine Blasey Ford. Brought to you by Russian collusion. Ukraine collusion. Net neutrality. The Iowa Democratic caucuses. There we go. As of this recording, we still don't know who won last night's Iowa caucuses. It may be February, but last night the nation got to witness a classic Midwestern tornado of the fecal variety. Precinct sites across the state were, in typical caucus fashion, chaotic, but the reporting of the results, well, there was no reporting of results, apparently. First off, precincts were to report three sets of results to the Iowa Democrat Party, the initial tally of who supported whom, their realignment after some of the candidates didn't meet their viability threshold, and the delegate equivalent. Secondly, precincts were to report these results using a brand new mobile phone app that appeared Apparently failed. Thirdly, the backup system was to be a telephonic reporting of results, but as one precinct secretary who was doing an interview with CNN demonstrated to the world, that didn't work either. Uh, they tried to, I think, promote an app uh, to res- report the results. The app, by all accounts, just like doesn't work. So we've been recommended to call into the hotline, and the hotline has not been responsive. And have, I can you, have you gotten any explanation, Sean? Right Sean, now. have you gotten any explanation at all of, uh, as to what's going on? No, I have not. No, uh, uh, I'm just waiting on hold and uh, doing my best to report the results from my precinct. What are you hearing? I know you're listening to a conversation uh, from the Iowa uh, Democratic Party. 
This is a real coincidence, Wolf. I just got off hold just now. <laughs> so I've got to get off the phone to report the results. All right. Uh, go ahead. Report yeah. your results. Can we listen in as you report them, Sean? Yep. All right. Cool. Let's listen. All right. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hello? They hung up on me. <laughs> they hung up on me. Okay. I've got to get back in line on hold. Oh. Um, they just hung up. Great success. Other reports of absolute madness circulated on social media last night, including this video, which purportedly shows a precinct worker flipping a coin to decide who got more delegates between Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg, despite the former having more supporters show up at that caucus site. The lack of results didn't stop the candidates from speaking last night. Amy Klobuchar was the first to do so about a quarter after 11 p.m. Eastern time. We know there's delays, but we know one thing. We are punching above our weight. Much later in the night, Pete Buttigieg declared victory. We're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona. Sorry, Ron clip. By all indications... We are going on to New Hampshire victorious. And Joe Biden sent an angry letter to the Iowa Democrat Party, letting them feel his campaign's displeasure. Bernie Sanders' campaign released their internal numbers from the night, which said he ended up with about 29% of the state delegate count. In second place was Pete Buttigieg with about 26%. Cries to kill the Iowa caucuses echoed throughout the night on social media. And on Tuesday morning, President Trump reacted to them, saying, quote, It's not the fault of Iowa. It's the do-nothing Democrats' fault. As long as I'm president, Iowa will stay where it is. Important tradition, end quote. And finally, the party that brought you the great success of the Iowa caucuses brings you the great success of higher education, courtesy of Campus Reform. We're here at the University of Virginia today asking students what they think when they find out that President Trump's net worth has increased 30-fold since running for political office. And what will students think when they actually figure out that all of this was President Barack Obama? And that President Trump's net worth has actually been cut in half. Trump's net worth has actually increased uh, by, you know, 30 times more than it was before he entered office. Uh, Do you see that as a problem? I definitely do. Trump's using a lot of his businesses in, like, Saudi Arabia and, like, other countries to, you know, increase his profits as president. I mean, that's a huge problem. Honestly, yes, because how can the income gap and, like, the wealth gap be so large and he is still profiting off of being president? What if I told you that it was actually President Barack Obama whose net worth has increased 30-fold, and that President Trump is actually giving away his presidential salary. All presidents take advantage of their power. doesn't change anything for me. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> that, would, that, would that change anything for you? Yeah. That's an issue. I personally don't believe that um, President Obama was like a horrible president, but he was a bad president, especially towards the minorities. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Books who want to warn you, gentlemen, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And yeah, I know she's saying she doesn't want anything. Yes, she does. But even if she is saying that, it doesn't mean she doesn't deserve something. Not to worry. Books has you covered. That's B-O-U-Q-S, as in bouquet of flowers. They offer farm fresh, sustainably sourced flowers for next or same day delivery. I have seen them. They are absolutely gorgeous. And if you order today, you get 25% off of your entire purchase. If you go to books.com, B-O-U-Q-S, B-O-U-Q-S.com slash Steve, B-O-U-Q-S.com slash Steve. 
and make sure that uh, you throw the slash Steve in there in order to get 25% off. And um, they've got not just roses, but uh, sweet treats, plants, gifts, everything you're looking for for Valentine's Day, all right? B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash Steve for 25% off with your, when you use, again, the promo code Steve at B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash Steve. So I'm, I want to just take a few minutes and, and, and give you some stream of consciousness thoughts on what the world is witnessing here in my home state and in my backyard uh, since last evening. And, you know, there's a lot of media that have been trying to kill the Iowa caucuses for many, many years, mainly because they hate coming to places like this. They, they want to have their, the idea centers that they control and they dominate uh, on the coasts. They want to have them choose who both parties nominees are. Uh, your flyover country to them, they want little to nothing to do with you. So I just don't take a lot of that analysis seriously. And there's just as many people on the right, well, on the fake right, as there are in the Democratic Party, by the way, that uh, get really upset when candidates like Jeb Bush and John McCain come here and do poorly, because that's their kind of grift. All right. So we, we did these caucuses for 50 years. And we had an issue one time. It was eight years ago with Rick Santorum. One outlier rural district didn't report properly. And it was already a razor thin margin between Rick Santorum and, and Mitt Romney. And I don't remember either ended up when they recertified the vote and went through all the ballots again that either Rick Santorum had actually uh, won by eight votes or lost by eight votes on caucus night and then won by like 20 or something later on. But that's the only issue that's happened in, in 50 years. The, the entire state of Florida will well, really one urban democratic densely populated county in Florida held Western civilization hostage for a month and a half, counting hanging chads. And no one said, Florida shouldn't get the right to vote anymore. Okay, this is about taking away everyday Americans and regular people's access to the process. That, that's what that argument is about. This is the only time we've had anything, any kind of problem like this. A caucus is how your founding fathers voted. They went into a courthouse and declared openly who they were going to support as well. Okay? So those are all elitist lies because it, it's a comfortable explanation. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice alternative to what, what, is a re, what has really occurred here in Iowa. And what's, what's really happened here in Iowa, and it, it, it's, it's ironic, that Bernie Sanders is the winner. And, and based on everything I've seen, all the research I've done, I, I do believe he will, he's the winner here. Um, it's ironic that he is the winner, or actually perhaps providential and serendipitous. Because the very kind of central planning that he and his ilk have been trying to impose on America and have been successful in imposing in other areas is what happened here. This is central planning. This is the classic leftist trope of when there's enough complaining about a particular bureaucracy, the answer can only be even more bureaucracy, even more. We're going to triple layer the bureaucracy. And then 
Did you like the movie Obamacare website? Did you dig that film when it came out back in the day? Well, here's the sequel, Iowa Caucus app. Same people that brought you the Obamacare website have now brought you the Iowa Caucus app. And I, I think that they're not sure what the actual count is because I think they've got some of these places that probably kept a paper ballot and then some of them that didn't. If all 1,760 precincts kept a paper ballot, we would have known these results by now. This is a relatively small state. You can drive stem to stern in Iowa, you know, from Council Bluffs to the Quad Cities in maybe five hours. So only 3 million people live here. The Democratic Party certified last night that turnout was not as high as they thought it was going to be. Uh, that they had 2016 levels of turnout. Not what they were hoping they were going to see with 2008. There wasn't a lot of energy there, despite all of the various candidates and everything else. I don't believe that this is a conspiracy to to shun Bernie Sanders. Um, I, I, I do believe that Des Moines Register spiked its poll because of Pete Buttigieg, as I explained yesterday. But if, if I'm wrong, that, it, that this is all being done to hurt Bernie Sanders, they just tripled the odds he's going to be the nominee. Bernie Sanders can now join Rush Limbaugh in writing a book titled, See, I Told You So. This fulfills every Bernie Sanders trope ever. Ever. This is the rationale, this whole process, in his mind. Now, I, I kind of see it the other way. I, I see it as, this is what leftists wrought. This is what they've done to energy policy. It's, it's a John Stossel documentary on our bloated, ineffective education system. It's what they do to everything. You've heard me say before, leftists ruin everything they touch. Absolutely everything. The NFL, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, everything. There is nothing they touch that they do not absolutely bring to ruin. And this is what Medicare for all looks like. This is not just a shallow GOP talking point. This is such a fuster cluck of epic proportions that Team GOP's shallow talking points are on, are, came down from the mountain on stone tablets. They're prophesying because they're all true. They're all true. They're all true. This is the DMV runs the election. This is Medicare for all. This is trying to fire a bad teacher. This is why it cost 150 bucks for a screwdriver at the Pentagon. This is bureaucracy, central planning. Run amok. It's why it's $300 for you to get an x-ray bill to your insurance. Instead, if you're just paying out of your pocket for 25 bucks, this is why. And it's what they do to everything. And here's the thing. It's what they want to do to everything. So if this is a conspiracy to hurt Bernie Sanders or shut him down, I mean, he's cooking with gas now. And you have, you've given him the ultimate amount of validation. You've martyred him. But politically, the tomb is empty. He's still out and about. Campaign in New Hampshire as we speak, rolling up bigger and bigger margins in the pre-New Hampshire primary polling out there.
this is a worldview problem. And it stems from this notion, as we've seen leftists apply to every other walk of life. And it's this idea that on one hand, human nature is basically good and can be perfected. And when it goes awry, the explanation can only be we had the wrong humans and we need the right ones and more of them. And then somehow, this new batch of human ingenuity, of human perfection, will will be immune to whatever soiled the previous round and batch. That, That joining a certain group, a certain cause, registering for a certain political party, obtaining a certain standing in, in public service has, it makes you whole. It has, gives, you, gives you pardon. You now are no longer, you are, you are one of the special people. You are exempted from that which makes the rest of we mere mortals fallible. It fails every time. And right now, Iowa looks like Venezuela. I think that's the big picture here is Iowa has actually unintentionally, believe me, done the country a great service these last 16 hours. This is what it looks like when Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren have power. This is what they want to do to everything. Everything. This this worldview is a cancer. That's why you see Todd often tweet, progressivism is cancer. A cancer requires removal of that part of the body, a tumor, a lymph node, requires that part that's infected to be removed. This worldview has to be removed. It, 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 it has to be defeated. It is cancerous. It transcends... It, 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 it's transcending. It's not, a, it's not even a... It's not a binary choice. It's survival. It ruins everything. Everything. Absolutely everything. And the choice that all these Democrats that are being disenfranchised this morning, the the choice that they have to wrestle with is you have to come up with an explanation for this. The, the, the mind requires explanations. It, it, it's why we love conspiracy theories. It's why Gnosticism was the first heresy. Secret knowledge. Our minds are mapped, wired to, to need answers, 
to want them, to seek them out. And you're left with really two possible choices. You have to explain why this has occurred. And there's really only two possible explanations. One requires humility. It requires you to admit to yourself that you have been victimized by your own belief system. You, you, you bought into a worldview that does this to people like you. Tell me which community leftism has, has, has become dominant in that is now better off than it was before leftism became dominant. Tell me which victim group Tell me, which, which one is better off before it lined up with leftism? There is one. There's one victim group that's better off because it's not really a victim group. It's a scam too. And that's Mayor Pete's. That's why it's the one that's better off. We're going to play a video for you later today in our overtime from last night's Iowa caucuses about Mayor Pete you have to see this. If you are not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, this is the day. You need to see this video and, and, and our breakdown of this video. That's coming up later today at blazetv.com slash dace. If you're already a subscriber, it'll be posted there for you a little bit later on. So just sit tight. If you're not yet one, blazetv.com slash dace will get you a discounted subscription to everything we do here, including the overtime at blaze TV. But every other victim group, not, not better off. We had more people on food stamps than the total population of Spain under the first black president. We now have, since we've been keeping track of the stat, the most uh, the, the most employment ever in the black community under allegedly our Nazi fascist racist president. So you have, a, you have a choice to make. Those of you that were disenfranchised here by your own last night, you can, you can be honest with yourself. It, it doesn't mean overnight you have to completely agree with people like me on everything. I mean, don't do that. I mean, you know, be honest with yourself. Come to your own conclusions and investigate things, right? Don't be a lemming. Don't do that either. You know, <clears throat> that's the political version of the guy that answers the, the altar call one time because he feels bad about his sins and then just goes about his way, you know, the rest of his life. Yeah, don't do that. I'm not, I'm not saying you've got to immediately sign up uh, for team right wing. That's not what I'm saying. We'd love to, we'll take you if you're sincere, but I mean, that's a process. Walk yourself through it. But the, the first step is admitting you have a problem. And you can try honesty and humility and meekness and say, this worldview blows. We did this to ourselves. Everything this worldview promises me is a lie. It delivers on nothing.
nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. It's empty. It's bankrupt. And I've been its cheerleader. I was one of the 160,000 Iowans that went out last night and gave this two, three, four, five, six, seven hours of my time, not counting maybe all the other doors I knocked on, all the other energy and focus I gave it over the last year. You, You can realize that you have been victimized by your own worldview. The Soviet Union was on the wrong side of history. Venezuela is on the wrong side of history. Britain didn't leave the EU because... All of a sudden now, Ringo Starr, who voted for Brexit, is a racist or an alt-right nationalist. It left the EU because it got tired of paying Greece's bills. It got tired of paying for Portugal. If you're a Bernie Sanders voter, did you watch your votes getting redistributed last night by coin flip? How do you like them apples? How'd that taste? Ain't no fun when the rabbits got the gun, is it? A lot of people thought Stalin had a five-year plan, and he learned his five-year plan was them dying in a gulag for each according to his abilities and to each according to his needs. So that's one option you have. You, you can admit you're a victim of your own belief system and leave it behind. And then... You know, become a seeker of truth from there and come to your own conclusions. You know, not be a sheep. That's one option. That is an option. It's available to you. Just walk. Well, you know what? I believe someone has recently coined the phrase, walk away. <laughs> right? That's an option. The other option is double down. Triple down. Cry conspiracy. Continue deluding yourself. Continue the lie. This time it'll work. Now, now, my guy's doing it to me now. So this time, this time the math will add up. This time I can keep my doctor if I want to. This time they'll only raise taxes on the 1%. This time, this time they'll, they'll punish all those evil, rich, white people of which every single one of the people making you this promise would be one. This time they'll, they'll follow through. You can continue that if you'd like. Continue the delusion. But if you do, please know, you're going to have many more nights like last night. Because this is what they promised you. This is it. This is always how this ends up. This is always where this goes. And then it throws a culture into complete and total chaos. 
And then eventually, you're conquered. Muhammad becomes the most popular baby name in London, five years running. Or it spills out into the streets. Because this worldview is not here to help you. You're the useful idiot. It's here to use you. And the only thing that you are good to it for is an opportunity to tear down everything that is true and righteous and beautiful. That, that's all that it cares about. It's a contagion. It's a spiritual pandemic. And all it wants is chaos and destruction. That's what it wants. And you'll be one of the casualties. That's your choice. This is what your Medicare for all trip to the doctor with your kids is going to look like. Like this. That's your choice. And that's what the country got a bird's eye view of last night. Now, as the show continues here today, we'll have some analysis at some point of, of where these candidates are at after last night and where this goes from here. But we'll continue the conversation kind of from a big picture worldview view when we come back and I'll find out what Todd and Aaron think as well. When we return here on Blaze TV radio and podcast next. So how do you know when I think as a host that the product I'm telling you about is really, really good? Like, you know, I, I screen, I try to screen every single product before we mention it, mention it on the air. So that way, anything we, we promise you, we, we, we can fulfill. And there have been times you guys have come to me and said, hey, blank, this didn't deliver. And you've emailed me and I've gone right to the person and interjected to get things done for you. But that rarely has to happen because of the way we try to screen the things that, that we promote here on Blaze TV. But if you want to go next level with when I'm like, dude, I, this thing is phenomenal. Because one of the things that's cool about doing this for a living is when they want you to promote their product, they'll, they'll give you a sample of it. They'll give it to you for nothing to, you know, have you get to know it, take ownership of it. And when a product is so good that you then, out of your own pocket as a host, buy more of it because you like it that much, <clears throat> that, and I know it, it, it may seem silly that this is the area where I, I made my, I'm not a cheapskate. It's worth paying my own money for it to stand. But as you get older um, and you live, you're active and you work out a lot, little creature comforts, like underwear that fits well and doesn't bunch and doesn't require uh, a, a, a persistent readjustment, if you know what I'm saying, fellas. As you get older, those little things make, 
make a big difference in life. And that's why as much as I was already impressed with Tommy John underwear when they just let me try it out of my own pocket, I went and bought even more because that's how good this product is with its no wedgie guarantee. And they've got his and hers. So this can be a Valentine's Day gift for both uh, uh, the husband and the wife or the boyfriend and the girlfriend here as well. And if you don't love your first pair, they're going to give you a full refund. All right. Because no adjustments needed. That's their motto with the no wedgie guarantee over at Tommy John. You can shop limited edition Valentine's Day gift sets and get 20% off of your first order right now. When you go to TommyJohn.com slash Steve, that's TommyJohn.com slash Steve. 20% off right now at TommyJohn.com slash Steve. So gentlemen, let me bring you in to the conversation. And were you as shocked as, as I was? That the folks who gave us Russian collusion hoaxes, Kavanaugh rape hoaxes, net neutrality death hoaxes, Trump tax cut hoaxes, uh, cancel culture, Iran is the lost city of gold, um, and border enforcement is terrorism. Were you guys as shocked as I was that the same political party that brought us all of those things couldn't run a 160,000 vote election last night, Todd? No, because you remember, I don't know, I can't remember if we were on air or off air, but we all had a collective Carl Lewis, uh-oh, moment when we found out yeah. that there was an app and three sets of results, like, we knew it yep. was yep. something wicked this way comes. So we knew. Uh, not shocked at all. Not shocked either that amongst the two choices that Steve picked about, um, self-awareness, humility, or doubling, tripling down, it was in real time last night. I don't know what means of entertainment you choose to uh, walk your way through this last night. I chose MSNBC, and there in real time, that panel was fitting what happened in the Iowa caucuses to basically be their doppelganger for the Electoral College. This is, they're going to use this as an example to get rid of the Electoral College. They were talking about, they were mentioning California, popular vote, Claire McCaskill. It is, none of this makes California's going to go with an yeah, app too. Did you see that? None of, pro- none of yeah. this makes any sense. This is backwards. This is uh, archaic. Uh, Lawrence O'Donnell was, was on there. Uh, what, what's her face? Uh, uh, Maddow was actually the grown-up in the room. Um, but I, listen, they they are tripling down. He doesn't even do it justice. We are watching them take what happened and turn it to their own devices. I couldn't. I couldn't say that any better. And I'm. I'm glad you went precisely where you did with that first segment, because that should be. That should be the overarching takeaway from last night. And it's. You know. I, I hate to play the spoiler here. Uh, no lessons will be learned. At least not from the people who need to, to uh, need to learn them. I don't think from this this process. I was telling Todd before. I mean, before we start saying, I saw. I think it was NBC or maybe it was the Washington Post who came up with a, a headline. Uh, basically, Republicans pounce on Democrats. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's the real story here. But uh, 
But the Republicans have their own version of this. It's called uh, Joe Miller in Alaska and Claire McCaskill, I be- not Claire McCaskill, um, Lisa Murkowski getting a write-in uh, a campaign. You know, that's that's the Republicans' version of this. It's a little bit different. But the overarching message here is that this is a hallmark. Last night was a hallmark of progressivism. We are the people we've been waiting for. We are capable of fixing the planet. Uh, It means you can't use a plastic straw anymore. We are capable of fixing the internet, even though it it didn't need to be fixed. But yeah, net neutrality, if it's repealed, is going to kill you. We are are the people who have finally figured out science. And Mm -hmm. woe to you if you condemn that five-year-old from thinking that he's pretty today. We are the party who can throw in these bells and whistles and count on various precincts across rural Iowa and around the rest of the state to use an app and uh, track things via backup paper system and track three sets of results and report them all. We are the part. We are the people that we we can do this. That is a hallmark of progressivism just on a micro scale. And unlike a lot of things, this cannot be this cannot be stun, uh, spun. Despite efforts to do so, as Republicans pounce, this can't this can't be spun. This is all this is all from one one ideology and one worldview. It can't be spun. So unless there are a lot of people, and I'm not going to give this away because we're going to be talking about this on the overtime. If there, unless there are a lot more people who, on much more important existential issues, have the sort of kind of turn on your heels moment that the lady in the in the video that we'll be featuring on overtime today have nothing is going to change whatsoever because this belief that we that we are finally the people that we've been waiting for that we can do anything that we can build a tower that reaches into the skies and uh you know we're never going to have our we're never going to have our language scrambled and confused if you get the reference there this is a tower of babel moment and we just keep having it over and over again, but I dare say nobody's going to learn the right lessons. It's the idea that we can create an equality of outcomes as opposed to an equality of opportunity. That we can perfect institutions and systems. That everything that's old must be bad. And, and hey, I'm, I'm not a big fan of let's just do stuff the way we've always done it because that's the way we've always done so. That's a terrible rationale. But maybe the reason why uh, your mama gave you uh, the, the chocolate chip cookie from scratch recipe that her mama gave her and her mama gave her and her mama gave her is because it's the best damn chocolate chip cookie recipe anybody in your family had found and thought it was worthy of, follow me here, conserving. They thought it was worthy of conserving that recipe and passing it on. The idea that everything must be retconned, that that source materials are bad. This is this is this worldview on parade, is what it is, and it it shows. I think it really highlights the difference between conservatism and progressivism. And I understand that sometimes we as conservatives can get stuck in nostalgia. You guys have heard me talk about that a lot over the years. 
And what's the difference? Nostalgia is when you look back at the past and try to recreate an exact moment in time or era that probably wasn't quite as good as you remember it, but you know, those were your halcyon days and you just, you know, you want to, you want that love and feeling again. And therefore you're lazy about the future yes, and, and what you, it needs. And it, it's a paralyzing effect. It doesn't motivate you to, to, to capture the future. It motivates you to live in the past. That's what nostalgia does. But tradition is different than nostalgia. Tradition is when you look back at the past to see what worked and said, hey, you know, maybe if you, you, you make a, a little a small evolution, a little adjustment for the times in which we live today, I don't know why we wouldn't have confidence that those things can still work in, in the future. Those things can still provide for us now and again. That we, we can't use those same instincts and values. And hey, I, I know, you know, laying, laying railroad tracks across America doesn't, isn't the same technology as putting a man on the moon. But it does require the same resolve. The same resolve. And you can look back on those people that built the railroad and say, hey, that, those are our ancestors. We, we have that resolve. That, that's, that's our water table. That, that's in our jet, cultural jet stream, our zeitgeist. We can do that to put a man on the moon. That's what tradition does. It causes you to look back and learn the lessons of the past in order to win the future. What progressivism says is the past is bad. It's just bad. There's, it's, there's no chew, chew the fat and spit out the bones. It's all bones. Starting with a generation that said, don't trust anybody over 30. And now these are their children and grandchildren. If you've ever tweeted or, or texted, okay, boomer. I present to you the Iowa caucus app. Because how hard is it just to write someone's name down and count a vote and then add it up at the end of the night and get on a, a, a device that was invented about 240 years ago or about eh, 180 years ago. My math was bad device invented about 180 years ago and make a phone call to say this person has this many this person has that many but see these people are at war with math we can have new math we can change the math they're at war with science Uh, what's a chromosome what's a gender what's a child what's anything they're at war with reality they're at war with reality they are at war with reality and that's why if you want to know why they ruin everything they touch why this worldview is cancerous as Todd explains if you want to know why It's because ultimately, if I could sum it up for you in one line, they're at war with reality itself. 
they believe they can alter and shape reality. I mean, the, the first openly gay presidential candidate whose whole world and life view is at war with reality. I'm not really a man. It's not natural for me to, to be attracted to women. The anus is used for something other than um, a, a human trash disposal. I can just destroy literally just absolute shred passages of the Bible and get a whole bunch of suburban white churchgoers to show up at a caucus sites across the state last night and join me in doing so. It's just perfect that he went out there last night and declared victory without any results at all. Perfect. Perfect. Because he doesn't need results. He doesn't need facts. He's been ignoring those for quite some time. He's been ignoring the man in the mirror, guys. Okay? He's been ignoring the man in the mirror. Who the hell needs caucus results from Oskaloosa, Iowa? I won. I win. I declare my nature. I declare the image in which I was made, if I was even made at all. I win. I alter the laws of nature and nature's God. I'm at war with reality. I win. That was probably the most honest statement that was made anywhere last night. And I consumed more cable news last night than I have since election night 2016 combined. And this is what these leftists have done to me. I watched 20 minutes of Sean Hannity last night. I actually started thinking to myself, this really isn't that bad. (laughs) I turned it away and then I turned it back. It's what they have done. I tried watching their channels. I thought at least maybe they'll be honest about what they really think. I, 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 they just sat there and lied to each other. They just sat there and lied to each other. I had to turn it off. But that's what this is. It's a worldview. And these are people that are at war with reality itself. And so we'll just continue to concoct more systems, more processes, destroying every institution you hold dear in the process, of course. And then we create a situation where we have destroyed the institutions you hold dear that, that used to play referee in the culture. We've, we've smashed those. And all you have left now now that we've clowered and pivoted the place, all we have left now is for you to come and enjoy our new utopian bureaucratic schemes. Self-fulfilling prophecy. So this isn't about technology and it isn't about uh, rural Iowans. In fact, the rural turnout last night was way low. That's why Joe Biden was in the low teens. That's his base. And that we'll get into next hour. That is an OO for Democrats in November. Because you and I were talking about that a few days ago. Sure. His, what, if, if, his number is the real number to watch. 
because we didn't see anybody in any college town or suburbs that were for him at all. Any, like literally nowhere in Iowa. And so if he's going to meet all these lofty polls, it's because there's going to be a, a rural Iowa turnout. The kinds of counties that Trump took away from them, they were able to get um, energy back to vote for Biden, right? Yeah. Did we see that last night? Nope. No. 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 I, I mean, he was not viable in many counties and precincts across the state last night. So we'll get into that political analysis next hour. But I, I wanted to make sure we spent the first hour today. Our show's never going to lose its emphasis on worldview, even when we get into the technocratic aspect of politics. Because everything is a result of the worldview. Everything is. And so was last night. When you are at war with reality itself, when you reject the 618 laws that God handed down through Moses and the Israelites, you come up with a U.S. code that's 287,000 laws and no one can understand half of them. This is what we do when we rebel against God. We go insane because we're at war with reality because God is the author of reality. We get dumber. We may learn bigger words, but we get dumber in the process. What you saw last night and you're watching right now is idiocracy. Hour two is next. We're back at it with our number two here on a post-caucus edition. Although the way things are going, it may not be our only post-caucus edition. These are the uh, caucuses that uh, may not end ever. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Quick reality check. How is that New Year's resolution to eat better and lose weight going for you? Chances are you're having some struggles where that is concerned, but there could be an ally right around the corner, and it's known as Riduzone, developed by doctors and backed by two U.S. patents. Riduzone is the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster and burns stored fat while reducing your calorie intake and Riduzone makes it easier to resist those cravings that can smash your resolve. So if you want to make it easier to keep your vow, get yourself under control with our good friends over at Riduzone, which is exclusively available on its website at Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. That's Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. Save up to 65% right now when you use the promo code Steve. That's massive savings, and they'll throw in free shipping too. Free shipping, 65% off. I mean, what do you got to lose at this point? Give it a shot. Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. Promo code Steve. All right, we kind of went meta on the first hour because that's always going to be, the pr- worldview is always going to be the prime directive of this program, okay? 
Let's now get uh, our political analytical hats on and and discuss what we saw last night, gentlemen, and, and what we think it means going forward. And I, I want to start with takeaways from the for the Democratic Party as a whole. They have to be, and, and this is a number they are certifying. It's about 160,000 was the turnout last night. They have to be disappointed with that. Have to be. That's a 2016 levels when people were um, not energized by Hillary Clinton as the likely nominee. The only competitor to her was a guy that was an open and honestly avowed socialist at a time that they still called you racist for calling them that. And then there was a governor of Maryland that no one had ever heard of attempting to run. All right. So an anemic field. And it was considered a fait accompli that Hillary Clinton was going to be the nominee. And they still generated that the level of turnout that they had last night with a very fluid situation. People think Bernie Sanders is going to win, but um, but how? what will the margin be? And then, you know, who's second to fifth? We have no way of knowing all of these candidates, the amount of money they've raised and spent in our state. You know, I think I told you folks that listen and watch this show, Amy Klobuchar raised and spent more money in this state than and was on television more than Marco Rubio was. And he was a, finished as a top three candidate with a very good uh, top three showing. Just, you know, not... Bronze is the new gold, as, as some cable news outlets try to sell us on. But they have to be disappointed with the turnout they had last night. And when you look at where they didn't get turnout, those rural areas, those 33 counties that went for Obama once or twice here in Iowa, that went for Trump in, in, in 2016. Todd, you and I were discussing last week that... And I, I even said this yesterday. The, the struggle I had with my Iowa caucus predictions is everything I know about the process instinctively was at war with what all this data was showing me. Because what my instincts are telling me is, is Joe Biden is Jeb Bush 2020. He's tanking. But the data said that's not true. So to give it a, 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 an homage to the data that maybe they wouldn't just flat out just lie to their own people the way they would lie to us. That maybe, because I don't get out to a lot of these outlier rural areas in Iowa, and maybe he is going to overperform there, okay, and run up enough numbers in small town Iowa that, you know, he can get himself a, a, a low 20s, maybe. And that was reflected in my predictions. What we saw last night is the Democratic Party is still in trouble in those rural communities. They're the number one reason Joe Biden way underperformed. Um, that's his base. And I think that that's a danger Will Robinson for November looking forward for Democrats. That's my first major takeaway uh, from a Democratic Party perspective. They have to be disappointed with the turnout. And remember, these people all went to their caucus sites not knowing this thing was going to break down. And a lot of them were being televised on CNN and MSNBC last night in real time and on C-SPAN. I watched some of that coverage. I mean, you, you didn't see in real time that the, the process of accumulating the votes was creating chaos. You didn't see that watching this last night, did right. you? No. It was a little bit like herding cats. You're moving people from like a, you know, I mean, like a... Uh, um, 
uh, what's that game uh, where you get on the board and you've got to like go over the top twister. of each other? Yeah, it was a little, it, there was a little Crisco twister happening there. All right, moving one guy. Uh, yeah, these Zhang people come over here. There was a little bit of that, but you didn't sense any chaos at all until it came time to report the results. So these people, this was the group they got believing the process was going to be transparent, yeah. energetic, enthusiastic. I'm excited for my candidates and there's a whole bunch of them and they couldn't generate more of a turnout than what they had with Hillary Clinton as a as a fait accompli. I think that is a bad sign. That's a terrible sign. But if you were watching MSNBC, Katie Turr, who we've talked about, she was thoroughly charmed by the whole thing. And she was charming. Sure. She was fantastic she television was, She was to the watch. sweetheart of the Congress. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, no, this is uh, your average Democrat voter. You heard all the people there, uh, many people at the caucus, uh, got to be Trump, got to be Trump. But your average Democrat voter uh, in many places is not, it, it's clearly not driven uh, by that ethos. And in, in the midst of an impeachment hearing, they're just like, eh, uh, it, it, I don't really need, I, my life is not driven by this thing. I'm not that zealous about it. Uh, so that is uh, clearly terrible. On top of that, uh, Joe Biden, as I said, we talked about that number and what you were wrestling with and why I wasn't wrestling with it. We, mm -hmm. I think you had 22%. Mm -hmm. the, the safety school that Joe Biden has always been i knew uh, he was always going to get thrown overboard and we're going to talk later in the overtime I, I won't say specifically but a level of voter ignorance yep there's that with joe biden low as information well. you're going to see the one of the most tragic examples of low yes. information voter ever uh on the overtime yes. today but yes. that applies to this as well People w were willing to throw Joe Biden overboard like that for mm -hmm. any number of reasons. There was no tie to him other than name ID, uh, connection to uh, eight years of Barack Obama. But the, it's, you're strictly a means to an end. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was just no love there. None at all. I mean, you, you're a sex robot to us. This is an, there's no kind of a relationship here. This is this is an absolute 100 percent. Uh, gratification transaction. That's all that's occurring here with Joe Biden. Yeah. And so the, uh, I believed in your dilemma enough that I would not quite allow Klobuchar to jump into fourth place. I, I simply had to give that enough respect. And maybe that'll continue to be true. But there's a very real possibility that Joe Biden finished in fifth place. Well, and as I was following this last night and and looking at well, before I do that, do you want to comment on the larger turnout issue before we turn our attention to the individual candidates? Aaron? Yes. Yeah, really, really briefly. And, and I will say this as well. Just on principle, I still remain dubious that the turnout numbers are what they say they are, only because it was reported by the same apparatus that gave us the app, which actually made us end up here where we are in the first place. Mm -hmm. Having said that, though you would see a lot more anecdotal evidence uh, about larger turnout if it was actually larger. But just on principle, I'm staying there. Assuming, though, those numbers are true about the turnout, here's something from NBC News that they tweeted out last night at early caucus entrance polls, which can be iffy. 80% of voters said they don't use Twitter uh, to get their political news. Yes, that is that's another, the Democratic that, Party. That's the Democratic Party. Yeah. And it's another... Another, it shouldn't be shocking, but it is another reminder. Twitter's not America. Twitter is not America. Twitter is not America. Is Twitter America? Twitter's not America. 
at least not in this state anyway. So that's uh, that's an important reminder because if all the vitriol and energy, if even half of that, if even half of that that we see on Twitter, on social media, on any given day regarding impeachment, regarding any number of issues, if any even 50% of that energy translated into turnout, you would think the numbers would be exa- at least double what they're reporting that they were last night. So that's kind of the larger point I can, want to make. Can about I comment on that Twitter thing? Because yes, that's like I, I want to expand I, on it as I well. I know you will, because you comment. But that, to me, in the ridiculous morass that last night was that you already talked about, that that statistic is like in, in Endgame, when all of a sudden, when uh, when Captain America thinks he's about to die, he hears, on your left... It's like, thank God, that is the light in the darkness. I, I hold, that's exactly where I wanted to go. And I had forgotten about it because it, that yeah. data point came in early in the evening before we knew right. what was coming around the bend. And, and, and so if we had just had normal results, we would have come in here today and, and broken down those results. And what, Aaron, you brought up, that would have been our big worldview meta point. Yeah. Okay? But because of what the Banana Republic we got afterwards, I had actually forgotten about that so bless you for bringing that yeah, up. yeah i agree because i think this is what needs to be even just to add even further context to this an audience of people who likely made the top three selections a guy who took his honeymoon in the soviet union to celebrate it as it was about to collapse in 1988 that's not hyperbole okay that's that's a, <laughs> it's fact fact okay um the first openly gay candidate who is literally just out there um just shredding shredding on demand pages from the scriptures to justify his candidacy as a quote-unquote christian and then a woman whose number one campaign plank for the last month has been mental illness everything's trans she's bjork with with music, everything's, everything's trans. Trans is all. I mean, the whole thing. Her own people are saying to Politico yeah. last night, no one cares about this and she won't let it go. Talking about the trans madness. All right. So the same electorate, the same electorate who came back with, here's our top three, a Soviet, um, a, a, a guy who's who's, Nickname ought to be double entendre. And a woman obsessed with mental illness is a campaign plank. Out of those voters, <laughs> all right, out of those voters, 80% came back and said, we, we don't get our political news from Twitter at all. Maybe that's not quite the saving grace that we thought it was, Todd. Um. It is in that long term. Yeah, yeah, it is long term because here's the thing. Cancel culture, for example, is an entirely Twitter phenomenon. That's where it happens. It's 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 they've 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 it's it's metastasized sometimes to Instagram and YouTube. But Twitter is the uh, hall of justice. It's the HQ for cancel culture. It, your, your media is obsessed with Twitter and, and, and uses it not to aggregate information, but to craft news cycles and narratives. 
And if 80% of that audience in Iowa last night, I've been, I have thought all along instinctively, I don't believe the average person in a place like Iowa and Montana and Missouri and New Mexico who votes Democrat is the average person watching Don Lemon. I don't believe that. And that number tells you it's not. Tells you it's not. And so long term, we still have to deal with people's ignorance. Yes, but we, we do. don't need to destroy Twitter and yes. the constant, you know, and, nipping ankle biting that it's and, there. And I think we need to, as conservatives, we we still need to add to our number and we gotta change some people's minds. And this brings me back to a point I've been making I've 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 made a lot the last four years. We need to be in evangelistic mode and and not instantly jump to and and I'm 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 saying we man my hands in the air okay we we cannot instantly jump to creating constructs out of people we can't do that it's more complicated than that i mean here i'll i'll give you a mild spoiler cuz there's more to the video we're going to show in the overtime today than just th- but this is this is the launching off point what happens is there's a rural Iowa woman who loves her some Pete Buttigieg. And then when she goes to vote for him, she finds out at her caucus site last night that he's a homosexual. And she's like, I, 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 what? No one told me this. See, this is why the, the rainbow jihad is not for Mayor Pete. They're not interested in arts of subtlety. Pete's not sma- Pete is not smashing stained glass windows down Main Street, uh, small town Iowa. That's what they want. That's what they want. They want him in drag. Yeah. And if he did that, he would be the candidate of the college town communities. But because he's not doing that, he, he, made him, he wanted to make himself more, more, more palatable instead, more mainstream. He, he, he won over women like this who had no idea he was married and had a husband. And she's like, and she says on the video, I want to take my vote back. I'm not voting for that. It's against the Bible. I'm not doing that. And, and the conversation that ensues between her and one of Buttigieg's, Buttigieg's activists there trying to keep her in the fold, you've got to hear this. Because it's literally, this is a snapshot of the soul of America on trial. This is like the Sports Center highlight. Yeah, death of the West. Is what this is. Yeah. Yes. This is the don't have to watch the game. Just watch the highlights and, and, and you'll know everything. This is it, is this clip that we're gonna break down in, in the overtime today. Dace uh, blazetv.com slash dace. But that that's what you guys are talking about. Is Pete Buttigieg didn't get second place in Iowa, I believe, and a strong one. Because he did Michael Sam's homosexual uh sma- cake smash makeout. I don't think he did that. In fact, I know he didn't do that. Came here talking about being middle of the road and not forcing government on people and, you know, being respectful to people that disagree with you. That's how he won that woman over. And and Bernie Sanders, yeah, he talked a little about, you know, um, a little of the comrade, Newspeak. But a lot of it was the very kind of populist talk that you know you, you heard from a Ron Paul or a Donald Trump on the other side. 
Elizabeth Warren was the one that didn't flash any nuance at all. At all. And that's why she kind of reduced her base to the college campus crowd. Or she performed very strong in those communities last night. But this, that's, to me, that's where we have some hope. That's where we have some hope. And, we have, and we're going to have to figure out and decide as a movement in an industry... How much are we willing to let what gets said on MSNBC and CNN and these various channels are written about in the New York Times? I can promise you, most of the people, if they had asked, how many of you have heard of the 1619 Project at the New York Times? It had been even lower than how many get their political news from Twitter, guys. For sure. Way lower. Like, way lower. Like low single digits, maybe. And I, I, I think this is where we, we've got to, I think there's hope here for conservatives. But, but, it's, but it's a delicate balance. Because on one hand, and, and let's just remove the grifter click conservative bait, click bait part of it. Let's remove that. Let's be, let's, let's look at it strictly from sincerity, okay? And let's remove the profit, the, the, the profiteering angle to it from this conversation. We still have a challenge because what is, what's going on on MSNBC and CNN is what's going on in California and on your college campuses. And it's where the people running this show want to take us. We cannot ignore that. We can't ignore that, but we can't do it at the expense of, of there's a good number of people. I think we can win over who don't, who probably you know more about this stuff than they do. You're probably more aware of what was said on the Anderson Cooper roundtable last night than they are. They have no idea. They just know FDR got us out of the Great Depression and Harry Truman dropped the bomb on the Japs and, you know, JFK um, inspired us to go to the moon and LBJ you know, ended segregation with the Voting Rights Act. That's that they don't they don't know this stuff. They're not paying attention. I look at my mom as an example of this. I had to stop talking politics with my mom for years because we were really close. But it, it just and and this thing became just a, a a damnable topic. And so we just agreed we're just not going to bring it up. And then into the second term of Obama, out of the blue, she starts talking politics with me, and she's like, "I I think this guy's a communist." I mean, I voted for him twice. I was glad to break the glass, the, the, you know, I, I grew up during the, you know, the era of race riots and everything else. I was, I, I hope we had moved past this, but I don't, I don't think this guy loves America like I do. Now, her and I still don't agree on a lot of government program type of issues. But there's growth potential there. That we can reach these people. And, the, and I think the challenge for us, even if, even if we didn't have grifters, and even if we didn't have the profiteering, you know, aspect of this, you know, which clickbait, is, it just produces so much low-lying fruit that you're going to get, you know, near-to-wells that are just not going to be able to resist that level of temptation, right? Even if we didn't have that, 
And even if all of us had been educated by William F. Buckley's God, man, and Yale, or God and man at Yale, I should say, even if, even if we had all studied Russ at the Russell Kirk Institute and we're on the same song sheet, and we didn't have some Ayn Randians over here and some Reaganites over here. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Even if we all agreed on what conservative um, fidelity is, uh, what conservative orthodoxy is, we would still be under the challenge of we must counter what is coming from academia and the media because that's where the people running the show over there, where they want to go and what they really think. But if we focus so much on that, we're going to miss the fact that there's a lot of people that don't pay attention to any of this that are voting for this for various reasons. Some of them may be good. Maybe they're not. But because we don't have a relationship with those people, we really don't know. Because here's the thing. If 80% of the people that voted here last night aren't on political Twitter getting their news from political Twitter. It's not just from the Huffington Post they're not getting their political news from. You know where else they're not getting it from? Blaze TV, guys. And it's just not MSNBC. They're not, they're, uh, Twitter's tw- Twitter account they're not following. They ain't following Fox News' Twitter account. And it ain't just Rachel Maddow's Twitter account they're not following. And they're not following Tucker Carlson's either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is a double-edged sword. We're so fixated on having access to Twitter in order to get our message out, and then frankly, a lot of the people we need to get our message to aren't even using it. Any thoughts on that dilemma that I think we face? Well, it's why the people I mentioned earlier on MSNBC, but also the elite set of the right who really likes to wear their smoking jackets uh, and hang out around themselves more than anybody else, they see what happened at the Iowa caucus last night. And it's a level of real life that they don't want yep. to hobnob with. Yep. Which is why they're trying to bury it right now. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if I can I can add a whole lot. Where they are getting their news from is probably, uh, if they have the chance, going to these campaign events in Iowa and actually seeing the candidates face-to-face. But they're probably getting them from their friends, friends and family who are saying, yeah, I like this person uh, as well, which is why relationships actually going and and making friends with your community that that's actually that's a good thing so that's kind of a a trite or a quaint thought but that's that's kind of where i'm at with that so that's something i think i want us the rest your one of your jobs the rest of this campaign that we're going to cover aaron is to constantly bring us back to this reminder How much of the news are we reacting to or how much of the news that we react to are the people that ultimately we need to win over, not even aware of or accessing and for us not to lose sight of that. I think that's, that's an important plumb line uh, to establish here for the rest of this campaign. I think another plumb line, and we'll get into individual candidates after the break here. Another plumb line is, I go back to the, the meeting we had before Christmas as a, as a team here. What was our theme going to be? And I said to you guys, you know, you, know, you know how closely I follow this. The polling has actually been extraordinarily accurate these last few cycles. But what did I say? I, I, I can't imagine, though, 
given the depths they've been willing to sink to in the media, that you would not just drag your own polling apparatus down uh, into that into that pit with you. I mean, if you're going to craft a narrative, go all the way with it, right? And already, I think you're saying the the, the Joe Biden support is a lie. It, it's just a lie. Don't believe any of these polls that have him doing well anywhere except his home state of Delaware. Don't believe anything. I mean, YouGov, I mentioned on the show yesterday, which is an online opt-in. What do I mean by that? You have to be online and click on to, to submit. They can't, they don't call you up. They don't send you a pop-up on your browser that you didn't see coming, like you get a call from a pollster. You have to opt in that you want to do the poll. All right. This is an opt-in online, probably not a whole lot of elderly people doing opt-in online right. polling, right? Okay. And they had him tied for first place on Monday with Bernie Sanders. To quote your great play-by-play man of your childhood, just a bit outside. Now, do you think anybody over at YouGov is going to come out here today and have a little introspection, self-awareness? Think that's coming? No. Hell no. So, from this time forward, we are reinvoking. assume you're being lied to, and we're not trusting any of this. For the polling on Biden to be this far off in the very first race where they had a year to figure this out. And it's one thing if they were like all bunched up from second, third, fourth, or fifth, and he's like at 18% and they had him at 22. No, man. He's nowhere close to that. In fact, following along a lot of the Democratic operatives in our state last night via Twitter, because a lot of them were live filming this. They were taking photos, giving you updates in real time. I couldn't, I was blown away how many precincts and, and, um, and, and communities that he wasn't viable, meaning he couldn't get to 15%. And I mean, I mean places where he just needed like 40 voters. He couldn't get those. Did you guys see the, the one that on CNN last night that Jake Tapper did live downtown here in Des Moines? And, and I think he needed 56 people to get to, uh, did you see this live? I didn't see it live, but and I Tapper know what you're goes over about, to the yeah. Biden group who's yeah. waiting to be certified as viable. He's like, whoa, this isn't 56 people. There's no way you got nothing personal, but there's no way, he said, but there's no way that he's viable here. I mean, this is in Polk County, the Democratic stronghold of the largest city in the state, folks. And we have been sold a bill of goods on this candidacy by these numbers the entire time. He's talking about suing to not have the Iowa caucus results revealed today. I'll tell you who ought to be suing. You want to know who ought to be suing? I'll give you it. You want, you want a soundbite to share in your socials? I'll give you one. I'll tell you who ought to be filing some lawsuits today. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one when we come back. I want to tell you about my friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition and my son, Noah, who loves their superfood, Field of Greens. So 
few years ago, the doctors and the human performance experts over at Brickhouse wanted to create a product that you could take every day is all natural and makes you healthier as well. And that result was the product known as Field of Greens. One scoop has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables that boost your immunity system, your antioxidants, has those prebiotics and probiotics that are missing out of a lot of our foods these days. It's a real superfood not made from extracts. Real superfoods that reduce your risk of heart disease, memory loss. Great source of vitamins, minerals, fiber, and other nutrients. It's how I get my kid who doesn't want to eat anything Unless it's Taco Bell. It's gotten to this point. His older sister bought him a Taco Bell t-shirt for his birthday. He's that level of obsessed. And he only get, he only let him eat it like once a month. All right? He just ask for it every night. Okay? So if you've got a kid like that, yeah, any, any of your kids like that? <laughs> well, you are the ugly American. So. I am. I am. So I probably deserve it. Yes. All right? So how do I get him to eat his vegetables? I, I can't. But I can get him to drink this. He does like this. All right? So if you want to give Field of Greens a shot, it's on my son Noah's recommendation, and he doesn't like practically anything unless it's made of Taco Bell. All right. BrickhouseSteve.com is the website. Offer code Steve, all right, to get a discount 15% off of your first order for Field of Greens right now. BrickhouseSteve.com. BrickhouseSteve.com. Promo code Steve to get 15% off of Field of Greens. If, if my son will drink it, you're, you, you, I, you can't possibly have a pickier child than mine. All right, so if he's willing to drink this, yours is going to like it too. All right, BrickhouseSteve.com, offer code Steve. This is like the Mikey commercials from back in the day. I it think is. you've nailed the marketing it, it angle is. And, here. And, 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 and I'm, I'm not even embellishing a little bit. Okay, I mean, it's just, I we go to the store twice a month. A day later, Noah's like, did you guys not get anything? Because apparently he thinks you can just go get Taco Bell at Walmart. Okay, so... Yes, we're we're he's 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 very finicky, and oddly enough, though he loves this, and he, I mean, I, he takes it to school with him every day. You know, he loves it, drinks it every day, loves it. So he, he'll drink this healthiest thing he's probably consuming, I would imagine, right now, other than air. <laughs> His field of greens. Okay, so Joe Biden is, uh, according to CNN, he is considering filing. Uh, for an injunction, uh, you know, uh, file a lawsuit to stop the Iowa Democratic Party from releasing any results later this afternoon. Uh, this is supposed to happen about four o'clock today. Uh, now, this is a total scam. His candidacy is mortally wounded. He's a house of cards. It's it's a polling fallacy, and he's Jeb Bush twenty twenty, and he's not going to be the nominee. Um, his job was to was to get those old white rural voters that that. They lost to Trump in 2016 to bring them back. Those six to 12 million people, depending on which survey and analysis you read, that live in these rural places in Iowa and Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin that voted for Obama once, maybe even twice, and then turned around and voted for Trump to bring them back into the fold. That was his job. And he wasn't able to convince them, even here in Iowa, to come out for him. And that's the number one reason why. The, the turnout was lower than they had hoped. Which brings me to who really ought to be filing a lawsuit here today. If your name is Andrew Yang, if your name is Tulsi Gabbard, if your name is Cory Booker, if they kept you off a debate stage because of these phony baloney polls, 
that had Joe Biden cruising to victory all these months, including here in Iowa. And then the first time we take a damn vote and he finishes fifth. Those are the people that ought to be filing some lawsuits because y'all got screwed. Y'all got screwed because they used those same polls that told us Joe Biden was Thanos inevitable. They use those same polls to keep you all off the stage and irrelevant. That's who ought to be filing some lawsuits. Yang and Gabbard in particular, because even when they got on the stage, they wanted to act as if they weren't there. So that's who has, to me, some legitimate grounds for some lawsuits. Because this entire process that was utilized to determine who got on the stage, with whom, and how often was the same polling mechanisms and devices that told us Joe Biden was inevitable. Not only was he not inevitable, he's Jeb Bush 2020. He's toast. Mortally wounded. Undead. Waiting for someone to drive a stake through it or just call it. Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang's people ought to be filing some lawsuits here today. They got shafted. Your thoughts on that, gentlemen? Well, we that's right up uh, Tulsi's uh, wheelhouse. She don't play. I mean, she's already got one in the fire for Hillary. Just may as well keep the ball rolling. Throw another strip on the Barbie. Yeah. Just throw the DNC in there while you're at it. Dude. Yes. See? <laughs> yes. You, yes. You're trying to convince me to listen to the crazy voice in my head, and I yeah. love that about you. It's my working. spiritual gift. Um, let's go through these candidates rapid fire in the time we have left yeah. where they're at. Agree or disagree with me. Joe Biden is mortally wounded, is not going to be the nominee. Agreed. Agreed. Pete Buttigieg, I thought it was um, a total scam for him to go out there and declare victory, but he was the last one I think that spoke. He needed to say something to get people's attention. Um, I don't think he won here. I think Bernie Sanders did, but he certainly, I think he's the candidate that got screwed the most by what happened last night, because this was a chance for him to be the the new hotness. He's the one that got Santorumed, basically. This was his chance to be the new hotness, the shiny object, uh, and, and, gra- and grab some momentum going into New Hampshire, um, and, and maybe be the guy Team Obama rallies behind to stop Bernie Sanders. And I think he was the one that really got screwed in this process by that, which is probably, and you think he realizes that. That's why he went out there and, and claimed victory when there were no actual results to claim victory over. Um, so... I, I I think he is Pat Robertson, 88, uh, Jesse Jackson, 84, a precursor, a herald of something that will come in the not too distant future, but will be more formidable as a political package than he is on an individual level. I think he's just had an Iowa moment, and I don't think he has any other moments going forward. But he'll stick around. Oh, I'm not remotely sure about not having moments going forward. I mean, he's still, I said he's the only guy other than Sanders can win. That's uh, that's still possible. And I think, again, just, 
just as I said, he came out uh, smelling like roses when the the, the pro life Democrat asked him about uh, whether she's available in this party. I think he comes out as roses again once once he and the rest of the field saw that Klobuchar made that really smart move to say, "I'm not sitting around and waiting. I'm just going to go out there and give a speech." Really brilliant by Amy Klobuchar, but then she didn't give a brilliant speech. Her speech stunk, and then so did Warren's, and so did uh, Bernie's. It just a dreadful speech uh and then he came out and does something like that very smart and about half of his speech was great and then he called out his husband it should have ended right there i'm the winner and here's my husband but then he kept going on and the second half was pretty boring um but he's um yeah i i he's got the kind of coattails now I don't know what insanity is coming up at five o'clock Eastern when the powers that be in the DNC say, we're going to do you a solid and, and give you 55%. I can't believe they're saying this out loud, but they are. So I don't know what's going to happen then. But I agree with you that if there are coattails to be had at this moment, he's he's got something. Aaron? Yeah, I disagree. I, I still think that just because of the crazy voice factor, I still think that he's got some sort of shot i don't know what it is but i think it's i think it's a lot bigger than uh than than maybe what conventional wisdom would have you have you believe i think elizabeth warren got screwed last night as well because i think she was going to have a stronger showing uh than was indicated from what i saw following the individual sites around the state she was crushing campus towns she crushed Bernie, for example, at Drake University here in Des Moines. Absolutely annihilated him, okay? Uh, and won that caucus site. And somebody was there. I think that might have been one of the ones Katie Tour was at, actually. Uh, she won that site going away. And I, I think she was going to finish somewhere in the 20s. Uh, and better than her polling has indicated for the last few weeks. And I think that, that, you know, our old friends at the Des Moines Register might have had an opportunity to crow a little bit and say, hey, we endorsed her and helped her a little bit. Who knows if that's true or not? But it, I think they would have had some positive data on the ground. And um, I, I think this really hurt her ability to kind of resurrect herself as still a viable force in this race. Uh, yes, but not to the extent that uh, Mayor Pete, Wa- because I do think after watching... Like- the sample I got, the the woman vote was as big a deal as I thought it was wanting to have a woman. That many said that it's it's her time. We need this. We want this. And as many women as I saw go in the uh, uh, Warren direction, percent of the caucus last yes, night, yes, women. Yes, yeah. I, a lot Which is of probably why Warren yeah. performed better than the polls said she was going to. Klubishar's. Cl- yeah. uh, d- did well on some level last night. I mean, their speech, we're, we're punching above our weight. That's true. And as much of that has to do with a alternative to the flailing Joe Biden, some of it had to do with the, the women who wanted a woman preferred her over Warren. I agree with Steve's analysis. This is, uh, this was a bad night for Elizabeth Warren. You're already throwing stuff against the wall. Uh, everything is trans, you know, over the last uh, couple of weeks and your own, you know, your own, pe- you've got to get some positive momentum like that. You know, some, something to go to, something that you don't have to, you know, say 24 hours later and spin 24 hours later. Mm-hmm. You need some number that you can show, hey, we're strong, we're doing this. And they just didn't get that. Because the one thing where this hurts everybody in the top five 
is that they're going to have to spin this somehow, some way now. Whereas if it was just reported as it should have been, as it normally is on caucus night, there's just there's the result, there's the number, and things kind of flow naturally from that. I thought it was a great night for Bernie Sanders. Um, and the longer it went on, and the more convoluted it became, and the more conspiratorial it became, that... Um, if he had won, he would be looked at as a front runner. We've had maybe, well, the front runner. We've had one contest that's official and he won it. So you're the front runner, right? And his, the speech he would have been given, it would have been the, the Democratic machine, whatever's left of it. I don't know how much of the Democratic Party machine is left on a national level. But whatever's left of it could have used places like MSNBC and in particular CNN, which is very anti-Bernie, could have used those those platforms to say see this guy look at this look at his speech he, he he's incapable of being inspirational he's incapable of being aspirational he's incapable of being a standard bearer he's a revolutionary he's got some good ideas i don't I, some i don't agree with others but he cannot be a standard bearer he can't carry a team right that's how they would have looked at the speech that he gave last night if he was the actual winner but because he didn't have to clear that threshold last night he was. He had a Ko Abdul Samad, who's a Nation of Islam minister here in town, uh, up there warming up the crowd. Um, he got to play to play to the brand, play to type, and shake his fist. He got to go. He didn't have. He didn't have to be Nikita Khrushchev visiting Disneyland at Eisenhower's uh, invitation. He got to be Nikita Khrushchev, who then left Disneyland to go to the UN and take off his shoe and pound the podium. That's what he's best at. That's his natural habitat. And getting the perceived shaft last night. By, by having his victory denied him, plays right in to his brand, plays right in, right into the whole ethos, pathos, id of a Bernie Sanders candidacy. I thought he was a massive winner last night. You're absolutely right. And it, what you're watching, this is Frankenstein's monster. They, they, they've created this mm-hmm. movement. They didn't create Bernie Sanders. I mean, he's been, but the, the, the movement that would eventually flock to him has been created uh, by the cancer that is progressive and that way they laid out. And now they don't know how to control this. And it is awesome. Yeah, Bernie Sanders is uh, Gryffindor's sword in, in Harry Potter. It absorbs only that which makes it stronger. Nice. And last night, that nice. last night, getting the shaft, as you put it, uh, that only makes his campaign stronger, uh, stronger because. That's, I mean, he is the outsider of all outsiders uh, left of, uh, well, in the left America. He still wants that outsider brown. He still wants to be the insurgent yep. as well. So that they, definitely He gets him. to be perceived as having won and maintain what you just described, mm-hmm. Aaron. Mm-hmm. By the way, there's a famous comic book villain that that is one of uh, his gifts as well. The aptly named Doomsday, <laughs> particularly in this case. Um, Amy Klobuchar. I think uh, also, uh, I think she made it the, the, the bold, smart move to come out and speak first and kind of set the tone. But she also was denied an opportunity to kind of be the new hotness, to, to make her case to the Democratic machine. I'm your Huckleberry. I can put a nice face. You know, she kind of smiled. Well, she said a lot of the same things about Trump that Bernie Sanders and everybody else said. She just said them last night in a, in a, in a, with a smile and kind of a, a quirky, folksy manner. And I think she missed an opportunity to uh, galvanize her support from here. And I mean, I, I, I just think we just passed gas after taking Noah to Taco Bell last night and it was just 
smell like Klobuchar. That, it, you won't remember it tomorrow. That's what I think. Well, it, the context is everything. The reason you'll be able to remember her is if she definitively finishes ahead of Joe Biden. Yeah. That's just, a, win, that's you, just a win. Yeah, you, you'll win bar bets. Yeah. Like, who was the first team ever ranked right. number one in the college football yeah. playoff yeah. rankings? Nobody ever remembers it was Mississippi State. Yeah. Yeah. Who was, the, who was that one chick that no one can spell her name that finished ahead of Biden in the caucuses? Yeah. That's, that's what she'll be is the answer to a trivia question. Your thoughts, Aaron? Yeah, I agree with that largely. I mean, this is – she doesn't – as a politician, there's nothing – she doesn't have anything going for her uh, as far as the package goes either. The only thing she has going for her is that she's a woman. Other than that. Now, I, other than Bernie, I, here's who I thought was the big winner last night. And yes, of course, of course, Trump's a big winner last night. And they, you know, the Republicans had a caucus. That's not what I was going to say, but I should bring it up. The Republicans had a caucus too. Is the, I, right now they're saying it's the highest turnout ever for the caucus with an incumbent president, meaning people that j- just, there's no chance he's going to lose, just wanted to come in hang out, chill, commiserate, you know, um, find out what a Joe Walsh is. <laughs> okay. But I thought, and I would have, if you'd have told me 24 hours ago that I would be saying this here today, I'd have said, dude, meth, stop using it. Okay. But Todd, here we are. Me and the crazy voices in my head again. The other big winner is Michael Bloomberg. And whatever the odds were, 24 hours ago, he's going to be the Democratic nominee. They're, they're quadrupled now. Quadrupled. So maybe they were zero, and they're four. Okay? Maybe they were one. Um, and, well, that would still be That's four. That's four. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it until you... <laughs> oh, because it's Are some... you counting on behalf of the DNC? <laughs> yes. It's my fault. At some point... They're going to have to come up with something because they're going to be a group that doesn't want to align with Bernie. Not because they don't even agree with him. Some of them, some of it will be they don't agree with him, but most of it's going to be they think he's going to wreck them. That's what they're concerned about. All right. He's going to govern them. And they need a proxy. And I, I'm just telling you, there's more of the Democratic machine looking at least buy curious maybe they're not ready to go full alphabet soup yet with the big a ice cream but they're at least buy curious where michael bloomberg is right now because quick question then Ron. what new hampshire versus south carolina it seems like it might what does he do with these next two states does he just go down there and like if, live in south carolina if, 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 actually if i were michael bloomberg you know what i would do exactly what you're still doing just with a lot less social awkwardness okay but let let Joe Biden go down in flames is what I would do. Why? My candidacy is strengthened by Bernie doing well because my whole case is just pure soulless pragmatism. And so the stronger Bernie Sanders is, the stronger my case is. And that's what I do if I was Michael Bloomberg. All right, we're going to stick around and do some overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers with a video you have to see because it's a snapshot of the battle for the soul of America. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.